Listener Production. Hi, I'm Dilrup Jai Singer. My health and wellness journey began when I lost over 30 kilos. Since then, I've learned how focusing on being healthy both physically and mentally can turn your life around and put you in the driver's seat. And it isn't all eating kale and doing 100 burpees either, although we probably will talk about that. I'm lucky enough to be joined by experts as well as a bunch of idiot comedy mates of mine to talk everything from weight loss to waking up refreshed. Um, without the meditation music and wind chimes, please. Getting a good night's sleep is an important part of living your best life. And for some people, it's easier than the eating healthy and exercise part. I mean, you just close your eyes and get comfortable. The fact that something that easy is good for you is kind of criminal. Max Price joins me to talk about his app that is the perfect thing to get you ready for some shut-eye. First, though, we're going to take a deep dive into the science of sleep and exactly what it takes to get a good night's rest with Dr. David Cunnington. David, you're catching me on a perfect day to have this chat because I went to bed at 11, woke up at 7. However, felt extremely groggy and I'm three long blacks in. So that's about, what, uh, six shots of caffeine. It's fair to say, of all the chats we've had on this podcast, you're probably the one that I need the most help from. My understanding is there isn't a magic figure for how much sleep you need, right? First question, is that true? And secondly, how do you figure out what your range is? Yeah, really good questions. And it's one I get asked all the time. And absolutely, this whole thing about you need eight hours of sleep is really just a social construct. They really came about with the labor movement in the early 19th century, where it was 16 hours of wakefulness to work in the new industries, Mm. and then eight hours of sleep to be able to restore yourself to get up for work the next day. And at the same time, starters have availability of lighting, like gas lighting, Uh, was sort of coming in so you could extend the day rather than what traditionally had happened as people went to bed when the sun went down, they got up when the sun came up. We've now got this sort of industrial concept of eight hours of sleep. But in fact, think of that as an eight hours set aside for sleep. If you look at what actually happens, the average for working Australians is around seven hours of sleep on weekdays and about seven hours and 20 minutes of sleep on weekend days the average across the population is not necessarily eight hours of sleep. So we're not getting that eight hours in our eight-hour window. When we think about health risk, less than five hours sleep, there's clear health risks associated with that. And so we definitely want people to be getting more than that. But then there is a bit of a spread. So some people need six, some people need nine. It's funny, although people will say, well, tell me how much do I need? How do I work it out? If I reflect that back on people, most people have a pretty good sense of that. They'll know periods when they've had a bit of a break or a holiday, they'll have worked out, yeah, I'm about an eight-hour sleeper, I'm about a seven-hour sleeper, or as long as I get six, I'm good to go and can function well. So it's often a question people can sort of answer themselves by looking at a time in life where they felt like they've functioned well, had good physical and mental health, and looking at what their sleep was like during that time. That's fascinating you say looking at how your physical and mental health is going as an impact on how the sleep's going, because... I can clearly identify a moment during the pandemic in 2020. I was in Victoria, you know, the most locked down city in the world by myself in a one bedroom apartment with my parents in Sri Lanka, my brother in India. And I honestly tried everything from switching off the TV at 9 p.m. However, I just couldn't fall asleep until 3 a.m. How much are you seeing the impact of the pandemic affecting people's sleep habits even to date? A whole lot. It's really made a big difference to a lot of people and it's had different phases. So the phase you describe was often that phase of the high alert on the lookout for everything. 
And so the radar was on. And so not surprising, people couldn't switch off. The other thing that happened during lockdowns is people's day-to-day routine just got taken away. Mm. You know, we often don't think about it, but just our incidental things that are part of our normal social rhythm of the day are actually pretty good stress management strategies, help to sort of keep us pretty even. And all of a sudden that's just cut off and we're sort of left with our own thoughts and no social rhythm. And not surprisingly, sleep just goes out of whack. It loses its rhythm Mm. as well. So that was what was often happening in sort of the 2020. Now what's happening is we're in this weird situation where in some respects where the messaging is, you know, pandemic's over, get on with it, get the business and economy cranking. But life's different and life's a bit more complex than what it used to be. So there is that challenge of a bit more background anxiety. And that's led to things like harder for people to get to sleep, sort of change in dreams. Some people are getting a bit more vivid dreams. A lot of our listeners would be night shift workers and, and, and dr- uh, drivers at night, and myself included. Between 9 to 10 o'clock, there's no other time in the day that I'm as alert and full of energy. So the come down from that is been quite challenging for me for the, over the last 12 years as a stand-up comedian. And I'm sure we have shift workers who have the same problem where their, their patterns are thrown out of whack. So what can we do to minimize the damages that can happen from something like that? Yeah, so an important first step is recognising what's realistic and what's not realistic. We can't have our cake and eat it too. We can't sort of drive all night, then run errands through the day and catch a little bit of a nap through the day. We actually do have to allocate that time for sleep. And our body will get a sense of that. It'll make that sleep happen. So, yeah, one thing is, yeah, don't fight it, go with it. The other thing is thinking about sleep a bit more opportunistically. So rather than thinking about sleep as I get one shot at it per 24 hours, recognising, yeah, with shift workers, sleep is a bit more fragile. It's not going to be as robust or as long. So I'm going to have a main opportunity for sleep, but I'm going to build in a second opportunity in that 24 hours for a bit of a nap or some extra sleep. So for example, a night shift worker might come home, be pretty exhausted, might be able to sleep for four or five hours, but then might wake up. Well, that particular person could schedule another nap for an hour or two before they then start shift in the evening. So take it when it's easy. Don't force it when it's hard. I've found a little bit of benefit from doing yoga nidra. Has science found anything as a link between, you know, meditation and and improvement in sleep? Yeah, so a couple of aspects to that. So one way of thinking about that, so progressive muscular relaxation, breathing-focused yoga exercises, think of them as a distractor. As long as we're in good physical and mental health, our body will take the sleep it needs as long as we get out the way. And often we get in the way by going, I've got to get to sleep. I've only got six hours. If I don't get to sleep now, tomorrow's going to be terrible. And it's that narrative that actually gets in the way. So doing that sort of exercise allows us to just get out the way and sleep will come. So that's one aspect. The other aspect in some good research, we actually published some research looking at mindfulness-based meditation around insomnia and some other groups have looked at it as well. That helps both with getting to sleep, staying asleep, But it actually, if people can bring a mindful approach to sleep, it changes people's relationship with sleep. So rather than this thing they're fighting and frustrating and it's not working, they can step back and go, yeah, okay, well, this is where it is. I'm a late night type. I'm not going to sleep for that long at night. So therefore, I'm going to build in a nap in the afternoon. On those days, I'm not going to sleep till a bit later. It allows a non-emotive way of looking at sleep, which actually is really helpful. Yeah, I think I found truth in that where the more I tried to white knuckle and and force myself to sleep, the less I was able to let go and actually switch off. It sounds so basic. The more I cared about not sleeping, the quicker I knocked off and fell asleep. And absolutely. Sleep's one of the few domains in life 
where the less attention we pay to it sometimes, the better it gets. Right. A really nice analogy a patient gave me was sleeps like a cat, but we treat it like a dog. We tell it to come, sit, do exactly what I tell you to do. But much like a cat, it's like, you know what, I'm just going to come when I'm good and ready. For me, in terms of switching off, I think I have one of the worst habits right now, which is to fall asleep with my phone. Now, I'm not scrolling and engaging in social media. However, I do just find comfort in just putting something, usually animated because the colors seem to relax me and I don't have to think. And I'm usually out within 10 minutes. The problem is, though, every bit of research I look into about the bright light and how it actually impacts quality of sleep, let alone whether you're sleeping or not. Now I can't go to sleep without the phone in my hand. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword. So there absolutely is something in the fact that light impairs melatonin secretion, which in turn can impact on sleep. But interestingly, there's a 50-fold difference in light sensitivity between individuals. So for some people, it's absolutely critical. And for others, it's, uh, don't worry about it. It's absolutely nothing. Now, as yet, we don't have a good clinical tool for that, but it's not far away. In the next couple of years, we'll be able to actually work out for an individual just how light sensitive they are, which will help answer that question. Do they really need to be concerned? In an ideal world, it would be a book, you know, reading something long form with a book would be a Mm. sort of nice thing to do before sleep. Because unlike what we consume on a phone, which is much more often short form, you're jumping from one thing to the next to the next and the social media platforms that are literally designed to engage eyeballs and to keep us on that platform something that's a bit more long form, which we rarely sort of read these days, can just be, it's a lot more linear. It can still serve that distraction, but it just it's not activating that reward system or keeping us more alert. So in terms of bang for buck, what do you reckon is a simple fix that everyday Aussies can do to have a better quality sleep? And similarly, what's the one kind of bad habit we have that if you eliminate this small thing, you might actually see an improvement. Yeah. So for night shift workers, it's really trying to look at your 24 hour schedule and think about when does sleep come easy? And we'll all be a little bit different because we've all got a slightly different body clock and different sort of sleep patterns. That may be a couple of blocks across your waking period rather than just trying to make it all happen in one block or force it to occur when it's not naturally going to come easy. For non-night shift workers or non-shift workers, a very sort of simple thing is keep a regular arising time. Right. So keep a regular time when you get up, get that light exposure in the morning. And then a sort of simple tip for everybody is if you're not sleepy, don't go to bed and try to sleep. You know, the cue to go to bed should be I go to bed because I'm sleepy, I'm falling asleep, I've got those heavy eyelids, not because it's 10 p.m. and it's eight hours before I need to get up. I've experimented with apps that track my sleeping and record snoring and things like that. In the pandemic, I literally heard myself crying in my sleep because that's how stressed I was during that time. But I've also heard some pretty awful snoring by myself that leads me to believe I may have undiagnosed sleep apnea. First of all, what is sleep apnea for those who might not know? Yeah, for sure. So all of us, when we go to sleep, We have a segment of our airway that's a muscular segment, and that's at the back of the tongue. And in humans, we've evolved that segment for speech. So it allows us to produce lots of different vocal noises and speak. But it creates a vulnerability during sleep when those muscles relax for the airway to partially narrow. And it's that partial narrowing, if it really narrows, your brain as a protective mechanism will step in to open up the airway. But that protective mechanism or protective reflex 
subtly disrupt sleep. Uh-huh. And if that happens off, often enough during the night, then people just feel tired. They may wake in the next day going, geez, I don't know what happened, but I just feel just as exhausted as when I went to bed. And so whilst for a lot of people the impact of sleep apnea will be just feeling more tired during the day, the impacts that has on mood, cognitive function, how we relate to others, at the very severe end of the spectrum it's also associated with hypertension, depression, and particularly for drivers, motor vehicle accidents and fall asleep accidents. So, yeah, not something to take lightly and definitely something to look into. In terms of legal supplements, are those generally recommended or do you urge people to try and find non-invasive sort of ways of getting better sleep? If people are having trouble sleeping, there are a number of things that are available over the counter, but really you've got to think about, well, why am I having trouble sleeping? And if I'm taking a supplement, I'm really just putting a patch or Mm. a Band-Aid over Mm. that, which may give you some short-term success or help with sleep in the short term, but it doesn't actually fix what the underlying issue is that led to that sleep disturbance in the first place. Is there anything that you're seeing that's exciting in the research right now that people can look forward to seeing in terms of sleep technologies? Oh, there's a whole heap of things. So on on the same light sort of topic, um, there's not far away, um, so the ability to maybe wear a lapel pin that detects the light in your environment, feeds that back to a smartphone, so you can actually understand the impact of light on your particular sleep. And once we're able to pair that with knowing someone's light sensitivity, it'll really close that circle of working on light and sleep. And with anything that's out there in the well-being and wellness sector, there are people who do take advantage of you know, people's vulnerability by promising the next best solution. Is that fair to say or have you come across any particular devices or products that actually do so far the research seem to back as being an improvement in your sleep? Yeah, you're right. There's so many things that are available that promise so much and unfortunately deliver so little. Mm. You know, an example of that is the blue light classes. And as, as I was talking about, there'll be a subset of the population where absolutely that'll be critical and they'll get a great benefit from being right. very careful about blue light. But that's only a small subset of the population. And at the minute we can't identify who that is. What about this TikTok trend that happened a few months ago and might be still happening where people are putting medical tape on their mouth? before going to bed because they said that gives them a better night's sleep. What's your thoughts on that? So there's been various variations of that have been tried over the years and never really been shown to improve sleep, either improve breathing during sleep or improve sleep itself. There's also been that social media trend in the last month or so of brown noise. <laughs> Is that what people refer to my stand-up comedy? I think I actually woke up to some brown noise this morning. <laughs> Um, But there's nothing special about brown noise. You know, think of that as white noise, pink noise, brown noise, different frequency noises, again, as a distractor, much like some people like the noise of rain or wind or other waves or other things in the background, again, to distract us from getting overly focused on sleep. David, this has been incredibly insightful and there's a fair bit of takeaway points. I'm glad some of my initial instincts around sleep seem to be verified by the science. I'm glad to hear that. If you pardon the pun, it's given me a bit of a wake-up call. No worries. Thanks a lot. Now, hopefully, David gave you some interesting insights into your own sleep. And if this is something you struggle with, like I do, it's always best to seek advice from a doctor. For me, it's about getting into the right headspace. So next, I want to talk about meditation. Stay with me. This isn't your normal meditation. Comedian Max Bryce joins me now, who has combined the worlds of calm and comedy in his app, Laughscape. 
Maxi, welcome to the show. Hey, how are we? Now, I know what Laughscape is. For those of us who are listening who don't, well, how would you describe what you've done? Oh, that's a good question. So Laughscape is an app that me and my lovely partner, Leah, started during lockdown. I struggled to fall asleep and I would be trying to find outlets, some that were healthy, some that weren't healthy, some that just most people it kind of clicked and worked with, but it for me, it never quite did. So, Well, you and I are mates, so I know this. You were a new parent at the time. Did you ever wonder whether maybe it's the baby that's keeping me <laughs> up instead of the lack of apps out there? There were so many <laughs> variables of things that kept me awake. Yeah. And the baby was obviously one of the main ones. But then obviously the other one was just stress. And we had another baby on the way and we ran our own business. That was just shut down because it was filming comedy. I was trying, you know, things like Carmen, YouTube, uh, watching TV, like, you know, The Office or Parks and Rec, and mm. I, you know, wouldn't fall asleep or, you know, the screen time wouldn't be good. So yep. found a way of just doing, like, essentially sleep stories done by comedians, and it's been the coolest thing we've ever done, and I, I can't wait to get you on there one day. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that that's incredible. So it was just a case of you realizing sleep stories have its its place, but they're kind of not really something that you look forward to listening to, but then there were TV shows that you found funny that you yep. were looking forward to and but, merging those two. And they weren't designed for you to fall asleep to. So that yeah. was the kind of like penny drop moment when we were like, these things are kind of working and wh- how, why are they working? And I realized that for my brain, it was, I, I was just needed something to distract my own thoughts. So right. get, get out of my own brain and just be distracted by Something that wasn't too interesting. So who are the comics that have been involved? you got some pretty um, cool people We have there. some very good mutual friends like Nick Cody's on there, Andy Lee's on there, Tommy Little. Talk us through the process of how it's recorded. So we've got a really good microphone. Our friend Rob Mills, he came over one day and he's a musician, so he knows sound and audio. He walked around the house and he walked into the walk-in wardrobe and he said, <laughs> this is the best acoustics. It, you know, no sound bounces off anything. So we set up the microphone in there, and then I will admit every time someone comes over, it is awkward when we're like, so come through and sit in the walk-in wardrobe and we close the door on them. <laughs> and then we Especially in the early days. Now at least people know of the app. But yes. imagine in the early days when you're like, hey, just come to my just house. Come in and, and then I keep, come in this room and yeah. we're just going to close this door on you. It's just, oh, don't, it's nothing. We're just something that my, me and my wife are into. Just, yeah. we just, this it's, is what we've started. half an hour in our bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> The keys are over there in that boat. (laughs) Exactly right. So then, yeah, and then the last part is what they actually talk about, which has been super fun because, you know, everyone's been like, so do we have to make up a true story? I go, honestly, just close your eyes with the music in your ears and wherever your brain takes you, the key is just to be descriptive. A previous guest of this podcast and my podcast husband of my other podcast, Fitbit, he, Ben Lomas, told me that his experience with it was quite remarkable, was was quite profound because he literally went in there maybe having the start of a story but having no clue as to where it was going to go. And he's a father of two. The story went into places he never imagined. Do you know what? I Because I, I do them as well and I completely concur with what Lomas says. And I almost see it for anyone who's creative out there and maybe struggling creatively. I think just putting that kind of music on, dim room and just just speaking for half an hour trying to tell a story. It's almost so therapeutic. It, it must, I'm assuming it's like when you've unclogged a tap that was, you know, just you just let the water run and you don't judge it for whatever is coming out. If it's muddy, let it be muddy. If it's clear, it's, let it be clear. And it's exactly right. It, you actually have no, there's no creative brief. There's no right, right or wrong. So it's just like, just be descriptive and your brain can go wherever it wants. 
and you get no notes. There's no no notes. So has there ever been a moment where you've had to oh, go? The, oh. uh, should, there are some notes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more like it's more. You know, I feel like I know how to ride that line of like appropriateness. And then there's some comics at the end of it. I go, thanks for that. They haven't been uploaded. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Okay, because I don't want to stomp on that creative process. But at the same time, I've got a, got a bit of a brand going on. Tell us about the feedback you're getting, because very, very broadly speaking, when you think of mindfulness, it doesn't seem like the type of thing that men tend to gravitate towards. Yes. Is this something that you've found with your app? There are more people accessing it than you expected? Well, okay, this is good to chat about because I think men with mental health, there's a little bit of stigma still there. And then, you know, if you go into the full-blown mindfulness meditation, that can be a bit of a, a leap for mm. a lot of guys. So LastGate was meant to be this kind of stepping stone between mm. not doing anything for your brain, but also not going to Bali for a silent retreat. What is the, um, the sleep headband? <laughs> yeah. So if you like sleeping with something or you don't like waking your partner, you put this like headband on and it's got these flat speakers and you can lay on your side if you're a side sleeper and listen to either the Last app game, yeah. or this podcast. You can oh, listen to anything. My, my stand-up special. Oh, stand-up special. Whatever. <laughs> Same thing. My friends were like, can't sleep. And I used to buy, just buy them for my friends. And I thought, this is silly. We're losing so much money here buying <laughs> stuff for our friends. Why don't we sell them? <laughs> so, and then, yeah, it was just meant to be that. You're great at weddings. <laughs> hey, you know, I know I was going to buy you guys a toaster, but how about I sell it to you so at a cheaper rate? Exactly. You're still getting something out of it. And then we were just meant to do the headphones. We never yeah. meant, And then Leah one day said, what if we make the thing that people listen to as well? And we went, "That's a, I said, that's a silly idea. <laughs> and then, yeah, now we've done it as well. So, But, yeah, you did mention that you've had 60 or 70 comedians so far. Can't help but notice that there is one missing Duruk Jai singer on that. So oh, the question is, is it because I'm brown? <laughs> no, you don't want to bring up this. I know, you, I know, I know. Because I, I hit you up. I yeah. totally hit you up. Yeah. And you. We talked about it in the early stages. I remember we chatted on the phone and I'm like, this is great. I love it. And, and then, the, yeah. And then cold shouldered me. I did not. My management did. <laughs> it's not my fault. It should have been just me. I really regret that that I didn't get part involved in the first part of the process, but I am keen to audition for you. Oh, this is and great. My producers have created the script for me and I haven't seen it. Oh, so excellent. I'm going to read this as my audition for Laughscape, having not read it myself before. So you'll give me some feedback afterwards how it goes. So I look, I'm feeling very confident about this audition, right? And I, and I am also wary of some of our listeners who might be on the road driving. So if you do feel like you you know you might fall asleep, please pull aside because let this ASMR king <laughs> take you on a journey. It is Sunday morning and you're waking up slowly from a terrible night's sleep. Asleep, interrupted by a thought you had while drifting off. Why has nobody ever seen an advert for a microwave? Yet we all know what a microwave is. We all have a microwave. How do we stay across advancements in the greater microwave industry if they aren't on the television? The sun stops your thoughts as it shines through just one part of your blinds the part directly where your eye is, while the rest of the room remains dark. It's like the sun is a sniper 
that shoots people in the eye. Headshot! And your eye is an eye. You climb out of bed, slowly, your body cracking like a glow stick at a DEF CON 1 music festival, and make your way to the kitchen for some breakfast. Today, you are determined to not use the microwave. If they refuse to advertise, well, you refuse to be a customer. You open the air fryer and to your surprise you find four chicken nuggets. You haven't had nuggets since last Thursday. Ah, it was a low point where you cooked an entire box from Costco and ate all of them. Or so you thought. Four once tasty nuggies. You remember watching Celebrity Masterchef where Dilruk, the good-looking and talented Dilruk, made some incredible meals. That Dilruk would not approve of this as a breakfast meal. That Dilruk would never eat four nuggets that were cooked ten days ago. You eat the nuggets. They taste cold. A microwave would have been great right now, but you refuse to buckle. Time passes. Ah. The nuggets were a bad decision. As you kneel by your toilet, you are reminded that even chicken nuggets sometimes have chicken in them. You ponder this as you leak from either end. All right, how did I go? <laughs> Oh my God. I mean, what a sign off. (laughs) Oh, that was great. My highlight was just when you said headshot, like, you know, everything was calm, then you went headshot, like you would see in, like, Call of Duty or something. Right. So is that so that's that, a bit. Maybe don't right. go so hectic okay. on that okay. on that stuff. Okay. Okay. And uh, I like nuggies. nuggies. <laughs> it's just a very nuggets. Soft nuggies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that made me feel warm. Man, I nearly put myself to sleep reading that. <laughs> you know what? I don't need your app. I'm just going to record this and listen back just to this. Just listen to yourself. I think you're an absolute psycho if you listen to your own stuff to fall asleep too. You know what? My partner Maddie has said to me, it's very awkward to watch me work on new material because I'm listening back to the set from last night oh, and I'm genuinely great. chuckling as I'm making notes. <laughs> That's good gear. I like it. <laughs> Max, just to wrap up, what's the one-stop shop that you want people to go to if they want to find out more information about it? Is it the App Store? Is yeah, it- yes. Laughscape just on the App Store and um, we did Android as well, which is a nightmare. <laughs> I guess you got to appease half the audience, Shout don't you? Out. Shout out to any of the uh, the, 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 the Android listeners that are here. I, I, I'll admit I'm a Samsung user. But, <laughs> but yes, you can find it there. Who knew that looking after yourself can be as simple as just relaxing and taking a nap? Well, enjoy that good night's sleep because you're really going to need it for the next episode. We flipped the conversation to talk about something that tends to cause people a lot of stress and maybe even the sleepless night or two. I'll ease some of that stress though when Scott Phillips joins me to share how you can make your money go further. And we talk about financially setting yourself up for the long term. Find the smallest possible problem that you've got when it comes to finance and fix that one first. Bryce and Alec from Equitymates simplify the stock market. One of the things that we've learned along the way is that you don't have to be 100% right all the time to be a successful investor and, and reap the rewards of being invested. And buyer's agent Arjun Paliwal talks about property investment. The chase is investing for growth, for your future, affordability. These mm. factors 
aren't going to happen from you only looking at your backyard or some of our biggest cities and therefore thinking property investing is too out of reach. It truly isn't. That's next time on The Driver's Seat. 